All right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. My name is Pierce, and I have Zach with me again today. Hello, Zach. How are you? I'm good. I'm still yeah. reeling from Saturday a little bit, but um, I'm here. I was going to say, Zachary, good. Zachary, Zachary, what are we going to do with our who's? What is there to do but enjoy the highs? <laughs> the high highs. And, and commiserate lows. about the lows. <laughs> And to watch a game filled with such high highs and <laughs> such low lows all yeah. over the course of the game. Yeah, so I, I had fun with this one where I was not watching live, was getting mm. the Twitter and box score updates and then mm -mm. watched on a train ride home on Sunday. Mm. So that was quite the treat. But yeah, I there's... There's just so much to say and so much to not say. And there's no well, Caroline here to be happy about anything for us. <laughs> well, I will do my best to hold on to some optimism. I'm sure, you know, there's easy positive takeaways and we'll get to those um, for sure. No special guests. So, you know, you just, dear listeners, get to sit and commiserate with us. I think we're going to probably hash out a lot of uh, what you're all feeling. But just in case we're starting fresh you know uh, someone out there didn't catch the game or the result like, what happened uh the who's went down to carolina and uh, inexplicably were leading at the half i uh, you know no one thought that was indicative of any sort of performance i mean other uh, again other than the offense which which you right. know there are a lot of highs a lot of things to celebrate so sort of indicative of the performance because yeah the offense looked great uh the defense looked i mean there's words i they haven't been invented yet for how poorly the defense looked um yeah it's it's hard to really grasp what happened but we will do our best let's go let's let's run some bullets about what happened with the defense maybe we could alternate uh the first one Carolina's not as bad as they looked against Virginia Tech. No. So um, they've got Sam Howell, who looked like a completely different player. Some of that, of course, probably has to do with the dif uh, the defense difference between Virginia Tech and UVA. Um, but but m most specifically, like we've said a couple of weeks in a row, pass rush. Howell had all the time in the world to run, to throw, um, and looked like the Heisman candidate that, that he was uh, in the offseason, <laughs> maybe reignited some of that talk for him. Um, next point. Secondly, you know, I'd say that Carolina rushed for 8.3 yards per right, carry for right. 392 yards on 47 carries. And while Howell looked good, he only threw the ball 21 times right. and completed 14 of those passes. So there's it, it just there was nothing like there was absolutely nothing. The tackling was horrible. Yeah. First contact seemed to be made. I don't have stats on this, but four or five yards after the line <laughs> of scrimmage. Yeah. Like, and it would be like, they would get a four yard run and guys would get up celebrating that we helped them do a four yard run. <laughs> like there was one play that sticks in my mind of Joey Blunt, like popping up from a four yard run where like three guys got to the running back. And it was just mm -hmm. like, it's second and six guys. Like we didn't, do much here but it, yeah no they, they, they were chunk big runs all over the field i mean sam howell had a day rushing rushing ty chandler had a day rushing mm -hmm. um the, the the second running back could i mean there, there was just there was no stopping them it and, just sort of 
you know, the, the halftime score is indicative of, of Cypress pulling down an interception. Um, you know, one of the few mistakes the heels made was, was throwing a poor ball and Cypress made a good play on it. Um, they right. you know, switched the that's seven points away from Carolina and right. the who's as they did most of the game marched on the field and scored. Right. So right. that's how they were able to walk out of there um, with some sort of mini comeback for the first half and, and completely surprise everyone by having the half. Now we'll get to those positives in, in a minute, because again, the, they had the lead because they were scoring um, pretty much at will, just like Carolina was, it just sort of petered off in the, in the second half. And you're coming out of halftime as a UVA fan for sure going, all right, best case scenario after what the defense put out there is that we're somehow winning and we are, but Carolina has the ball and we need to see some sort of adjustment or some sort of, you know, something to, to show like that something's going to go differently. I, you know, I, and that's, I, I just shake my head. I, you know, it's, is it, is it the scheme in general? Is it the play calling specifically? Is it, right. uh, you know, the fact that there was no uh, defensive line pressure, is it because the defensive line was talking shit beforehand and that, and that's why they got out of Who you know, all those yeah. things, it's probably, yep, probably that too. You know, uh, the, 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 the difference in talent and recruiting, I, I don't know. Right. All of it has to North Carolina's that. speed. Like, I yeah. mean, if you just look at, I mean, Josh Downs, like we talked about coming into this game, sort of questioning what weapons UNC had after they'd lost four oh, yeah. key pieces to the NFL draft. And you see Josh Downs go, only, only two receivers for, for Carolina had more than one catch. Downs had eight catches, 203 yards and two touchdowns. And it wasn't like he was catching 40, you know, 40 yard bombs. He was catching like 15 yard routes and then turning them into a 60 yard touchdown. Yeah. Well, well, he he did catch that one in the end zone. The diving. Yes. Yes. That that was impressive. Um, But yeah, I mean, there was just, there was nothing on the, like they just, they broke through everything. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you have to ask like, okay, what if we, we started sending linebackers? Like what if we just sent everybody like, would we get home? Would Howell get the ball away? It just, th- there was just nothing. Like the, 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 the <laughs> secondary was like, we came into the year questioning the secondary. We probably should have been questioning the defensive line a bit more. I think we just, yeah. we, we look at the piece that we had and, and like there's optimism there. Like there are pieces that we know can be good and can develop, but I mean, UNC does not have a good offensive line. And I think that's the scary part. Oh, it's like, they? we came in saying UNC's offensive line is likely a big weakness. And if we yeah. can take advantage of that, and our secondary, which looked decent, like obviously competition was not up to par with Carolina mm-hmm. for the first two weeks. But like a secondary that has looked decent could just stick with their guys. Our, our D-line could probably get home in a couple of seconds. But there was none of that. I mean, there was one sack and one tackle for loss on the entire day. Yeah. You know, and and there, there was just there, there was nothing else going on yeah. there. And, and and even when there was, Howell would escape and, and gain yep. 15 yards with his legs and it would take three guys to take him down oh yeah despite being like you know 510 whatever 190 i mean if it's a zero out of 10 performance for the for the yeah. the defense i mean you get it literally the the interception is is the one right. good play i can think of right and and like you said celebrating you know uh, uh, making a tackle was was the next high. Right. The fact that they were able to hold them to six yards on a run seemed like a good play. It's just right. woo. It it uh, harkens back to some of these B towns that, that the team suffered over the years against against good Virginia Tech teams. It looked right. it, no, it yeah. just you know other than the fact obviously that the offense was playing so well. So it right. I means it's a weird 
experience yeah. in a weird game because and we will i promise we'll get to it there <laughs> there are things to celebrate for sure about how the offense looked but in that second half they couldn't uh they couldn't keep it up to the point that they needed to i mean they only had 11 points compared to 35 that unc had in the second half but again this yeah. is all all on the defense uh, you know, I, I, I get Nick Grant um, missing the game was a surprise and, and that doesn't help. But Nick Grant wasn't going to save the game when there's no pass rush and no tackling in the running game. You know, um, Noah Taylor was, seemed to be shaken up every other play and he still led the team in tackles. So, you know, yeah. he's out there doing what he could. Blount was out there doing what he could. Neither was flawless. You know, I wouldn't say either had a great game. Blount had a, a dirty play that's all over Twitter. Yeah. um now which that, you know that is not a good look it's I not the first time that's come up on no. this podcast for him either but hopefully hopefully you know we we're not anti-joy blunt or anything like no, that no, no, but no. but you know you, you we don't want to see that of course so um hoping for a rebound from some of these stars on the defense as we continue into the acc slate because it's sort of a good thing and i think why the coaches said this it may have been bronco He's sort of glad that it's Friday night Wake Forest coming to town because uh, yeah. it accelerates. You got to put this behind you. Absolutely. I do believe, obviously, that this coaches run a program where they do that. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this does seem as professional as it gets among college coaching staffs and and how you 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 focus on the next game and such. So I believe that's what they're doing, and they're trying to get ready for Wake Forest, but. You know, we're, we're, let's talk about highs in the offense before yeah. we get into previewing Wake Forest. So the only yeah. thing I want to say until then is they're going to have to step up these stars, you know, these leaders on the defense. And this game, I think, showed what's really missing from a lot of the people who, who have departed. I think is a huge wake up call for Nick Jackson. You know, he's in there. He's making plays. This isn't me dogging on Nick Jackson, but he was not the disruptive force or, or you know, no. that, that we've seen um, with Zandier, you know, and other folks um, coming from the middle linebacker spot in this scheme. So certainly shows areas of growth amongst the linebackers. And like we've already said, the D line just got abused, just got pushed yeah. around. Um, or, you know, I don't want to keep going in circles here. So. If, if you didn't get to watch, if you're curious what our thoughts are and you did watch, you know it. I mean, this this defense just absolutely laid an egg, uh, you know, for lack of more uh, vulgar <laughs> verbal ways to express this. It, it was terrible. However, the offense was very fun at a lot of times, especially in the first half. So there are some highs, um, some things to take away. And, uh, you know, you got to start with Brennan Armstrong, of course. So you throw for 554 yards. You get a lot of time to throw the ball when the defense is uh, not spending a lot of time on the field. Um, but also, he just looked incredible. He did have an uh, interception that was not a great play. Um, so yeah. certainly it wasn't That's flawless. But the, the performance that he put out there showed a lot of talent it showed a lot of ability it showed a lot of heart you know they were going out there and fighting you know that unc could have put the game away early you know absolutely and, a 14 l i mean it, there was there was absolutely the possibility that this mm -hmm. just turned into it i mean it was a complete route but it could have been <laughs> it could have been over way earlier yeah and i think you know like the the one pick is really the only play in, that i can think of that brennan really missed if yeah. anything he missed like he missed a couple long balls maybe by 
you know, three, four yards, but it's like, can you blame him? Like, you know, <laughs> he's slain, he threw, he threw the ball 54 times. And, and here's the thing, like he was also limited with that knee injury from the Illinois game that Bronco said after the game, um, implying that essentially they didn't really want to use Brennan in the, in the running game. Mm-hmm. And um, they did not because of that. And they yeah. didn't, I mean, he didn't, I don't know if he had any actual attempted rushes, um, but you know, 39 for 54, as you said, you know, four touchdowns, one, one pick and, and he spread the ball around. I mean, and, and, and he was just, you know, he's leading the country in passing yards. He's leading the country in um, completions over 20 yards. Like he, it's awesome. He's insane. Like he is playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the country yeah. right now. And it's three games and, and we don't know about, um, you know, UNC's defense and we don't know about, you know, the various defenses that he will face in the future, but three games in, I mean, th- this dude is elite. And, and I mean, you know, through for the most passing yards, in a single game in UVA history and then the most total yards from a player in UVA history, despite getting credited with negative 16 <laughs> rushing yards. <laughs> like That's, I love that stat. I love yeah, that yeah. tweet. It was like 554 yards passing school record. And then it was like 538 total yards school yeah. record. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's just, he's special and, and, and he's been everything you could ever ask for through three games. And, if you put up 39 points on the road, maybe you're losing by a field goal, but you, you shouldn't be losing like this. And, oh, of course. And yeah. like, there's nothing you can like ask for more. I mean, he had, uh, you know, a pair of fumbles. One I think was more Keaton's fault. And then one, he just got, I think stripped from behind. And, mm. and so maybe you say, okay, maybe we'll be a little bit more careful with the ball, but I mean, it's just, I mean, also by those moments, he's, you know, yeah, how much are they down by? Like exactly, he, exactly. He's just go. yeah. Right, he just has to. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, you look at the receiving core. If you're looking for more positives, Dontavion Wicks is a number one receiver. Like he is, he's our guy. Obviously, Lavelle is still hurt, but mm-hmm. just in this context right now, seven catches, 183 yards, one touchdown. Unbelievable. He he's unreal, and he's making plays all over the field. You know, I, yeah. I, I can think of like he had one semi drop in the first quarter, maybe that should have been pass interference. It was called pass interference on a later play for UNC. I won't get into some <laughs> of the refing. I have complaints, but it, it wouldn't have erased a 20 point deficit anyway. For sure. Um, but 346 yards on the season, 14 catches. He's averaging 24 point like six yards per reception. And, mm-hmm. and that's ridiculous. And um, him and Brennan in three games playing together seem to have quite the chemistry going um you know billy kemp eight catches 106 yards two touchdowns like that dude is he's just all over the place he's all over the place i mean he's he's making plays everywhere like he's Mm -hmm. not just the short yardage guy i mean if you saw that one touchdown at the end of the first half oh yeah like what type of route what type of throw was that yeah like to fit that in the commentator said it at the time but to fit it into a guy as small as billy kemp like over the outstretched arms of a corner, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then obviously, you know, you have your other guys getting touches, Rayshon Henry, four catches, 66 yards, Keaton, four for 63, Jelani Woods, six for 47 and a touchdown, a really nice intuitive play to sort of just cut his route short when mm-hmm. he saw that mm-hmm. Brennan was scrambling. That was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Mike Holland was really good as a receiving back yep. four catches for 34. I thought that was really encouraging. He made a couple of really nice plays on the sideline to make guys miss. Um, and then Jacob Rodriguez, three catches for 23. I mean, it, th- there was there was nothing you could really say wrong about the passing game the rush the running game was was subpar but like what are you going to do in this type of yeah scenario? you just have to throw the ball like the, yeah it's I mean, hard like okay they only had 24 yards rushing and that's you know with sacks and whatnot being 
included in that tally. I mean, Jacob Rodriguez was a leading rusher with three carries for 14 yards. Wayne was also, you know, out in the second half with the concussion protocol. And at that point, it's like, are we really going to hand the ball off? Like, we can't. Yeah, it's it's not realistic. I will say, you know, if they come out there and and are able to run the ball like Carolina was, yeah, you know, then it, I you get why they moved away from it. But right. part of that is because they're not nearly as successful as Carolina was, <laughs> right? And they don't have the, the, the passing game as speed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It, it it's still so weird to see Jacob Rodriguez lead the team in rushing. Obviously, no, you know, it's a weird stuff. He got four point seven on three carries. It's hard again lead the team in rushing. You're going three carries here, four carries to this guy, three for this guy, two for this right. guy, two for this guy. So it's not like you know, they're feeding him more than any, anybody else. No, no, it's no. just sort of a, a weird positive goal. yards, which is likely right. more. So the offensive line just creating holes on those individual plays than him being a weird smattering of, of things. But yeah, I mean, the receiving talent is there. Um, they're going to be able to score points on most teams that they play this year. Um, if not all of them, you know, we'll right. see, but I don't know. You just, you, you look at the schedule and you go, good thing. They won that Illinois game and of course the William and Mary game because there's not a lot of easy wins left especially if the defense plays as poorly as they did now do I think the defense is going to continue to play that poorly no um I think it it, you know it 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 was a comedy of errors that that can be addressed in some ways Uh, but it does I think make you scale back some of uh, our predictions that maybe we were feeling after the Illinois game and, and particularly after watching some of these ACC teams play yeah. poorly in some of their other right. games, you know, we maybe got a little ahead of ourselves of where, uh, where UVA um, stands relative uh, wake. I, there's nothing to suggest that wake isn't a good team uh, yeah. to me. So you know, why don't we go go ahead and get into it Friday night. Uh, thankfully a home game, um oh prime time should be fun under the lights um it's you know friday night means i think it's espn2 right so national television um and you know the uva is going to come out wanting to make a statement but wake's a good team wake handled a bad fsu team super easily they blew out old dominion to start the season and blew out norfolk state um to start the season uh, in the second game as well so this is definitely the biggest test for wake forest uh, it's their first road game for wake forest virginia i think is easily better than fsu um right but you know wake's had good success against virginia so i think they're going to come in uber confident um and of course you know, if they're if their offensive line does what UNC's offensive line does, then Sam Hartman could have a field day. I mean, he's he's a good quarterback, and we've seen him play real well against UVA before. So, who's to say that that you know isn't going to give the Who's issues uh, in Scott Stadium Friday night? I mean, Wake has a dangerous offense, you know, and and, and it's it's probably just going to be another field day. And I mean, listen. It, just to go back to the UNC game real quickly, like just the continued woes on the road. Like it's just, it's, 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 and, and that's why I'm saying, thank goodness this game is at home because we have a chance. <laughs> because I mean, you, you just, it's just been bad. Yeah. And it was like, it was like what point. Tate said last week. It's like, I think Bronco has six wins in his career on the road at UVA, and two of them have come against North Carolina. Um, and, and so, I mean, you just, what is it? Ask. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you, you just, but, 
yeah, I mean, back to Wake, you know, Hartman is experienced. Hartman knows what he's doing. He's not, you know, elite, elite, but but he's a good quarterback. And, and, mm-hmm. and they have um, a balanced attack. They have a couple of good running backs that can take a good number of carries. They're not going to make Hartman do what Brennan did on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be able to, I mean, you know, if, if you look again at their Florida State game, and obviously they won by 21 points, so probably the rushing attack um, was relied on more than necessary yes. just to run out the clock, but 58 carries, 225 yards. Like, they're not afraid to run the ball. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have, they have three running backs that all got – more than 13 carries and then Hartman had nine and and you know so so they're willing to run the ball and right now that is a scary prospect for this UVA team mm-hmm. um I mean frankly anything against an opposing offense is a scary prospect for this UVA team <laughs> but considering that we gave up 8.3.4 yards per carry um it, it's it's not you know it, it's scary coming in especially with a, an ex- a versatile experienced quarterback who knows how to pick apart defenses you yeah. know we have not done well against wake in the past like this is a, a program that we should be much better against and just aren't um yeah. well and, and i think if you look at what fsu did was they 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 themselves turned it over against Wake. they made mistakes yes. so you know hopefully virginia right. more polished and obviously more productive offense isn't going to do that but wake forest dominated the trenches against the fsu team that yeah we know fsu's major issues but they've got big dudes exactly. they have fsu got, guys exactly right. and that that you, you can't fake big ass ol and big ass dl right like right. so if you're coming in as a four-star five-star guy to play at fsu you know that's not nothing yeah i, yeah. I, I know i know fsu is trash but they're, they're really bad <laughs> but still i think wake's wakes ol of you know two star three star guys the guys that wake force play being able to push around fsu like they did last week that is scary <laughs> for the right. because the who's are coming with you know probably a better coach team um mm-hmm. and maybe even a more experienced team on uh, even on defense but not the natural just plain old size i think that fsu is necessarily bringing so uh, it's it's tough to say. I you know I like I'm encouraged that that Vegas has given them four points. Yeah, I, Vegas tends to be right. Is four points within that sort of well night game yeah, home yeah, field home, advantage yeah, almost right. a toss up? It's close, but it's it's better than it looking like a toss up. You know on the money line. So right, exactly. I mean, you know, I think you you know that our offense is going to score points, and and so like that is and you know that wake has not seen anything like our offense yet yeah so not you even have close. to take you have to go in just feeling a little bit confident in that sense of things is that we and, and the other thing is we've been tested now like like uh unc was against virginia tech in week one against us last week when we had not been tested you know unc had been punched in the mouth yeah we've been punched punched in the mouth now wake forest has not been so ideally now that our flaws have been very much identified, mm-hmm. we'll be able to adjust. We'll be able to put things into place. We'll be able to, you know, accommodate for a lot of that, um, or at least some of that, and come out a better team against Wake in comparison to a Wake team who's just blown bad teams out so far. Um, and so you, you have to hope. I mean, obviously it's a short week, and that's difficult coming off such a loss yeah. like that. And it's hard to switch your mind and actually get to adjusting rather than just recovering from a game like that. Um, but I, you know, I trust that Bronco and, and his staff are are capable of doing that. You know, I mean, I just that's that guy's mentality. And and it's it's weird 
like just in a larger sense, it's weird being a UVA team after past seasons. Like it's been a couple of years now, but since that like dominant Bryce Hall defense, you know, it's just, it's just, it's been a couple of years since we've had that. And it's weird to just think about that and to think about the fact that we have this high flying offense Yeah, and we're, we're, you know, trying to, cause like if years, a few years ago, it was almost the opposite mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it, it it's odd, but I mean, you know, we at least know what's wrong with this team now <laughs> and can try and fix it. Well, I think it'll be, it, it will be telling about the defense and how they perform against Wake right. Forest about that point that we've come back to this year. If this is the opening of act two for the men and hall era here, right. all we said over and over is then that this roster needs to be indicative of what you're trying to build here or indicative exactly. of what you're capable of building here. Yeah. Yeah. Now have they for the future, right. have they missed on plenty of recruits? Sure. Everyone does. Right. But you're saying you've got this many years of building a roster that when you lose the Bryce Hall, when you lose the Zane Dandier, I mean, these are great players that fit into your system that you recruited here and you got them to do, do well. You got to also get the next guys up. Like Nick Jackson should be that guy playing at that level that you anticipate him to come in and, and, right. and do. Um, you know, it, it, obviously they're relying on, on secondary transfers to fill some holes that they weren't expecting to be there, or we wouldn't have to be relying on such. So the ability for them to come back against a decent to good, I don't think we're ever going to say that they've been a bad team this year, Wake Forest, if they can show the adjustments this week and come out and say, then you're saying, okay, I feel bad, you know, yeah, right. bad games happen. And Carolina's a talented team. Then yes. I think with you, an NFL quarterback, right? we're yeah. a little less doom and gloom about the state of the defense. Cause that to me is the most overarching concerning takeaway is yeah. what is the state of this defense as a team? And is it bad? Right. <laughs> and and if just, that's, yeah. if, if it is, then that's, that's really distressing because it shouldn't be. Um, so we'll see jury is very much still out, but it's opportunity. I, I like your optimism there. I think it's the logic is sound that this is a team capable of coming back after quote, you know, getting punched in the mouth, so to speak. So, yeah. um, it's a, it's a big game. They're all big games, but, uh, I think, you know, it's a good scenario to have a bounce back game in the ACC, um, but it is certainly no gimme and certainly uh, causes me a little bit of worry, a little bit right. of uh, right. stress. I mean, if we come if we come out of Friday night losing 42 to 35, you know, this is it's a much different equation. You know, it's just yeah. whatever, you know, whatever the outcome of this game is, is going to be very telling for the rest of the season. Like it was, you know, UNC this Saturday game was for UNC, Yeah, you know, because this is likely two and two versus three and one right now yeah. is a drastic, yeah. drastic difference. One yeah. and one in conference play versus oh and two. I mean, we're talking, if we're one and one, you're at least still in it in the coastal. Obviously that a lot has to happen. A lot of things have to go your way, but one and one you're in it. Oh, and two, I, I don't think you are, you know? Yeah. So you're totally right. And we've, we've gone through the, the schedule, but to rehash, I mean, up next is at Miami. Right. <laughs> you know, and right. then at Louisville, and then yeah, we think Duke is bad, but Georgia Tech uh, has had a weird year so far, but played Clemson tough, and then you got BYU, Notre Dame, Pitt, Virginia Tech for the the most difficult third of yeah. the schedule. So yeah, no, you're you're spot on, man. You're two and two after this, 
and it's two losses. I don't see more than maybe, you know, three wins on paper. Yeah. Maybe if they're two and two after this. Right. Yeah. And a five win season, that's a disappointment, even with the strength of the schedule, um, especially if Brennan keeps playing so well. So yeah, I mean, it would it would be it would just be gut wrenching, heartbreaking for Brennan to continue at this pace only just to be yeah. completely let down by his defense all year long, because this guy is putting together something special right now. And there's no reason to think that he won't keep doing that. Um, yeah. and, and, and let me say. Sorry, let me say definitively, if they lose and we come back, no matter what happens, it, you know, it doesn't mean that the rest of the season is, is going to be the no. same team, right? Like you're not coming no, out, you're no. not trotting out the same team every week. Of course not. And there's still ways to rebound from this, but yeah, three and one, you're looking at it going, okay, now we think there's three on paper. Maybe you pull an upset. Maybe we improve. Maybe we, you know, the defense right. coalesces and maybe you're, you're able to handle Pitt and Virginia Tech both games at the end. Of, you know, there's a lot to be gained, even if the Who's do lose on Friday. Right. Um, but it, we're feeling much, much better if they if they do win. Even if the defense looks shaky, you're going, all right, all right. We're continuing yeah. to work on it, and we're three and one. A lot of a lot of room to you know find ourselves towards a good bowl game, or in, and even so potentially challenge for the coastal. So a lot on the line. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, if they lose, all is not totally lost. But man, we'll we'll have to talk about it next week, I guess, because I don't really want to get into that hypothetical <laughs> any more than that we already have uh, before we maybe talk a little bit about basketball. We're not going to break down too much, but obviously there's bad news that we haven't had the, the chance to discuss. Um, we, you know, we, we can't give up on handing out three stars real quick from, from this Carolina game. So let us as the football team has move on um, from this uh, terrible performance for the defense in Chapel Hill by celebrating three excellent performances I assume that will come from the offense. And <laughs> as we did last week, let's just go ahead and knock out Brandon Armstrong as the, the blog overarching number one star. Um, so for our first star of our three stars, Brandon Armstrong, not, not ACC quarterback of the week uh, this week, despite throwing for a record number of passing yards, school record number of passing yards and uh, total yards. I mean, I, I, I agreed with the cynical, what, what, how do you not vote Brennan here? I did. Once you go back and look at the box score, I get it, you know, especially because it's a bounce back game for Sam Howell, especially because the media loves Sam Howell. You know, he's this, you know, preseason Heisman candidate. And it was super efficient, only 307 yards, but threw for five scores, had a higher QBR, and ran for more than 100 yards. So, okay, yeah. we're not here to celebrate Sam Howell. I'm just saying, like, it's not. It's not a big middle finger to Virginia and Brennan Armstrong that you don't win this award. Let us, regardless, celebrate Brennan uh, once again, 554 yards. Unbelievable. I mean, he just looked and looked so good. Just looked like yeah. he, he, he throws the ball and you're going, oh, yeah, where's this go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. yeah you're yeah. not going, oh, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was there was one there was one throw like that and it was picked off. Yeah. And that was yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah. That, that was like a flashback to last year almost like when you saw that ball wobbling in the air. Oh, man, of. there's some quarterbacks that come through here. There was like every throw, man. <laughs> you're like, oh, geez. 
No, you know what? It, I mean, it looks like it looked like Ben Kurt uh, against did. Boise, you know, just yeah, airing it yeah, out it and going, ooh, I bet this yeah. is good. And it works, <laughs> you know, so uh, we love it. We love to see it here. And and Armstrong, you know, he's going to start getting national chatter if he keeps up these numbers. So um, yeah. he can do it on ESPN2 Friday night and, and perhaps start adding more to that chatter. So uh, after Armstrong, uh, Zach, I, I give it to you for your star of the game. Yeah, so in, in keeping with the goal to not just rehash points I've already made, I'm going to go with the offensive line. Um, I think in the running game, Ooh, okay. in the running game, there was there was let there was meat on the bone. There there was things to be desired, but with 54 plus dropbacks, only three sacks, um, seven QB hurries, I think you have to be pretty impressed with that and happy with that, especially with some of the pressure that UNC mm-hmm. was sending. Um, and they gave Brennan time to to keep, you know, the team in the game for two and a half quarters, you could say. Um, and 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 just, you know, allowed him to air it out, allowed him, mm-hmm. allowed receivers to get down the field. Um, and I think that, you know, the, this the pass protection that this team has is going to continue to be a strength. Um, and you, you have to give those big guys credit along with, you know, the for various sure. receivers that have come up because, you know, without those guys, Brennan isn't throwing for 500 oh, yards, you know, yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, th- those guys have been have been clutch and and when we've needed them. And and I I think that, okay, they they let up a couple of pressures. Some of that isn't really on them. Some of that is just UNC, you know, outnumbering them in the box. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you have to be pleased and and with the volume of sort of, I mean, you, Virginia was on the field, that offense was on the field for a long time. Um, You know, UNC was corn quick and then it was like, all right, time to like get back after right away. And that's exhausting for those guys. Yeah. Um, And and, and they they showed out when, when we needed them and, and, you know, got let down by the defense as the rest of the offense did. Uh, Astute choice. I like it. Um, Gosh, I've got the entire receiving core to choose from (laughs) and Dontavian Wicks has so far (laughs) been the only guy I've picked each year. It's hard to argue with 183 yards receiving, man. I mean, he, he, what doesn't he do well? You know, he he looks so complete and he's really young. (laughs) It's just super exciting to have uh, that dude on the team, but exactly. you know, Billy Kemp, I got to give it to with those two touchdowns, 106 yards. He's all, we, we, you know, they could share it, but uh, I see Rashawn Henry, four catches, uh, Keaton, four catches, Jelani Woods, another good game with six catches in the score. So, uh, we've, we've already hashed through this box score plenty, but I, how could I not give a start of Wicks, man? Uh, he's just the star just, next to Armstrong. I think we're just so, gonna like lock him in next to Brennan this year. As we hey, lock those. Two worst case way. scenario, that's what we keep doing. Then that means <laughs> it's been good <laughs> for the Who's. So yeah. uh, maybe we'll keep that up. But um, I, I do before we get out of here, want to uh, give you a chance to just uh, you know, re- refresh everybody's mind about the good recruiting news. Um, that the men's basketball team has had this week. Um, so we don't have to spend too much time on it, but, you know, tell us a little bit about Dunn. Yeah. So, you know, Ryan Dunn committed on Saturday. He's a six, 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 seven, just he's tall guard um, <laughs> out of New York. He's doing a post-grad year right mm-hmm. now, um, but coming in class of 2022, um, you know, this is a guy who, is still rising up the rankings. Um, you know, I think he's like ranked just just above 100 right now. Not that rankings really matter, but um, he he's was sort of just a rising guy this summer that they got um, involved with back in July, and it just sort of sped up from there. And he visited 
I think two, three weeks ago. Um, maybe that yeah. it was the Illinois game that he visited. Yeah. And basically, um, I loved it, I think, and, 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 and loved the opportunity to come into this program. And, and he's going to give them just that, that big guard sort of, he, he can shoot the ball lights out. He's got a good yeah. handle to be able to pull up. Um, he can get off, you know, sort of shoot off the dribble a good amount. And that's really exciting. Um, especially alongside guys like McNeely, I think like, like Leon Bond is, you know, so the other like big guard sort of right. wing type of player where Bond is much more defense, defensively focused without okay. some of that offensive polish. Yeah. Don has that offensive polish. All right. Um, that that Bond maybe doesn't have. He's got he, he's he's skinny, like he's gonna have to put on weight. Um, that's why there's potential talk of him maybe coming in this winter, um, doing a redshirt year sort of like right. comedy coming in. Um, and then, you know, being joined by the rest of the 22 class. Well, especially um, as a post-grad, I mean, that, exactly. that sort of seems right. to fit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so there's definitely potential for that. So keep an eye out for that, um, especially with available scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, he's going to need to put on weight, but he's got length defensively. He's got quickness. If he can sort of, you know, get into the, the headspace of the Bennett pack line defense. And then obviously, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but Isaac Trout committed, um, you know, and, and that's in late. August. I mean, it's That's, hard to think of a, a a bigger time recruit than Isaac Trout. Yeah, no, Trout is a potential five star, like right. by the end of this, and and, and he, he'll probably just miss out, um, which is a bummer for those. That, well, I mean, honestly, I kind yeah. of enjoy it because you know it keeps with the narrative of UVA not getting five <laughs> stars. But um, we'll take class. a class filled with upper four stars for yeah. sure. <laughs> no, this is yeah. I, no don't no disrespect to you know Justin Anderson was a big time recruit. Um, Kyle Guy was a McDonald's All American, but Trout. Right. Trout looks real good, real yeah, early Trout, in I mean, his career. Six ten can yeah. shoot the lights out of the ball. Like yeah. he's probably the best shooter in the twenty twenty two class. Like That's awesome. And and where, I mean, where I'm really excited to see him play. And this is is as a small ball five on the perimeter. Yeah. If we're talking about that like five out offense that they tried to run last year, you tell me Isaac Trout's the five in that in that set, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like he's sort of like to me almost like a mix of Sam Hauser and Jay Hoffa with more like better handles. Yeah. And, and, and he's just got so much versatility. He can play on the perimeter. Obviously that's what he wants to do. Um, but you know, he's, he's capable in the pick and roll. He, he, he really can do anything you want offensively. He's got good foot speed. He's not slow. He'll be fine defensively. Once he gets adjusted, he's got good physicality. I mean, th- those like bond trout and McNeely are all very like, those are big, dudes like they're not gonna have to be that first year class that puts on weight done well um but those guys won't and and i mean yeah this is an incredibly special group and 22 had the chance to be a dream class and bennett delivered like nobody's business so do we think it's fair to say that maybe this you know now we're moving on to the next class right like where are we finding the momady role like the momady darion akil yeah. role it, which it, is sort of hard to describe right like because it's not necessarily the power forward because sometimes that's more the five and trout would yeah. pop out right you know i i wonder who's coming down the pipeline um in in that uh type of position because it was sort of where we we're missing post momedy and it was sort right. of a, a a glaring need at, at time yeah no it's definitely i mean there's definitely been a shift in roles that mm-hmm. Bennett has sort of been targeting where you're looking for that, like Isaiah Wilkins type, right. that's going to be the role that bond fills. Okay. Like that. And, and 
there's just going to be a lot more versatility. There's going to be a lot less sort of like defined things. And, and I'm not saying that Bond is a comp to Wilkins. It's just that that's what he is envisioned to be now mm-hmm. because they're adjusting, they're modernizing things, mm-hmm. right? Because now they're not looking for a Darion Atkins anymore. Like they're looking for a momity, right? They're yeah. looking for that guy that can be like a Caden Shedrick is what like yeah. the, the dream, you know, I and mean, obviously if he can develop a shot and one, right, right. um, but being good defensively and offensive, like you don't have to choose anymore, right? Like these guys are skilled. I'd say 2023, as much as Momedy and, and sort of a, a big um, are the priorities, it's the point guard because yeah, the, of course, is the point yeah, guard yeah. Class. like that is likely going to determine the ceiling of this 22 group is mm-hmm. who they can bring in as a point guard in 23. I'm not saying McNeely can't play the point position because he can, um, but he's best if he's going to have someone else to, to sort of get him involved. Um, you know, they're looking at just tons of guys. I mean, if you're on Twitter, they're linked to like yeah seven point guards right now and, and they're bringing guys on visits and um, on officials mostly. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so 23 is going to be the, the class of the point guard. And then, I mean, obviously they're still looking at, um, big time wings. I think Justin Edwards is one guy. Yeah. Um, 23 is, is, is another exciting face? class. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, cause, cause here's the thing that point guard spot is there's a lot of envy there because you get to come in with a group that doesn't have a point guard. You get to come in with Reese Beekman being class of what 20, like verse 23, there's no one in your way right to to come in and and obviously they pushed back getting a point guard in 22 for certain reasons but um if they if they get their guy and they should get their guy in 23 whether it be reed shepherd let's hope so um, as the combo i was gonna ask is yeah is do we feel reed shepherd is a one we don't know like yeah like i think i think bennett would take him as a one i think he would okay but i also think that that they're going to keep looking like they're not if they get shepherd they're not ruling themselves yeah. out for a point guard is he as tall as uh ty oh, i don't know i'm sorry to put like, it in a spot. i think he's yeah. like six two six three okay maybe maybe i mean with room to grow but he's not yeah. he's not massive so yeah i mean so, these guys are so young who know you know it's, right it's you don't little, know yeah. yeah no i mean these are high yeah. school juniors yeah. and i mean you look you say what about Trey Murphy when he was a high school junior? He was yeah. like, you know, six two or something. <laughs> so um, you never know. But but yeah, I mean, things are looking up for UV basketball recruiting right now after some right. misses in 2021, even though they got a couple of talented players. Like just side note, Igor Milicic is gonna be ridiculously good. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, well, there there that that's not an unfair that, answer for who's filling that Mommy bouncy rebound no, role, no, yeah, even though yeah. he's a scorer, you know, like yeah, no, he's gonna be he's whew. gonna be on I mean, him and Trout. Oh my goodness. Like, oh my <laughs> goodness. That front court is going to be fun. But right. um, now I'm just rambling, but yeah, no, this is oh, the, good, massive wins in 2022. You cannot, you know, this season might not be national championship type for UVA basketball, but they're coming in there. But it could be. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> so keep well, listening. Yeah. Thank you, Zach, for helping end this episode with the warm and fuzzies. I hope we're all feeling a little bit better. Uh, we're not giving up on the football team. We love the offense of the football team. We hope to see um, every side of the ball perform well Friday night, and we will celebrate it next week. Um, again, 7 o'clock Friday night uh, against Wake Forest at Scott Stadium. Uh, until then, stay tuned to the blog for more pregame stuff and certainly the analysis thereafter. Until next week, thanks for listening, folks. Go who's. Go who's.